Shalom, and welcome to the Segula Discussion Podcast, the show where we discuss how discipleship to Messiah Yeshua informs our choices and actions in everyday life. My name is Ben Frostad, and with me today is my wife, Daria. Our conversation today is going to be about conspiracy theories. This is going to be part one of two on this topic. So I just want to add the disclaimer that our goal with this episode is not to try to discredit what you believe. (laughs) I know that conspiracy theories can be kind of a sensitive topic because uh, none of us like being accused of believing something that is out to lunch, right? So um, our, our goal today is not to try to label particular things or particular people as out to lunch. Uh, What we're trying to do is talk about what it is that fuels a conspiracy theory mindset and what leads us to believe uh, whatever it is that we believe, right? There are all kinds of theories out there. Yeah. And another point too is that sometimes we use the term mainstream and we talk about the mainstream narrative. Yeah. But unfortunately, these days, it seems like every kind of news source you hear from is biased in some way. So it's hard to really have. It's like there is no mainstream source anymore. Everything is politicized one way or another. Even like actual, even what would be considered like uh, bigger media companies they are biased in their own way. Yeah, there's a political agenda that's being pushed, exactly. Right? And and what's worse is it feels like more and more today, all the different sides are willing to fudge the the information in order to maintain their party line. Right. So that makes it even harder to find out what's what's really the truth. Right. Yeah. And so. Uh, information uh, is being used in in ways that are polemical trying to push agendas right there's always an agenda that's that's being pushed and and so that makes it it makes it difficult and and part of that is um how this term conspiracy theories is used by one side against the other for that purpose to uh, discredit Mm -hmm. yeah what someone else says so I guess to start off, we should first uh, ask an obvious question. What is a conspiracy theory? How do, how do we define conspiracy theory? Um, well, basically, a conspiracy theory is the belief in a conspiracy that's not affirmed by the mainstream narrative. Mm-hmm. So a conspiracy is where uh, two or more people are... Uh, conspire together to do something uh, wicked, to do something evil, basically, and try and cover it up and keep it a secret, right? Right. So most conspiracy theories are are based on the idea that people in places of power and authority um, do something that uh, is is bad for other people, and yeah. and then try and cover it up. They try and keep it a secret, right? Right. Yeah. Do we see examples of that in the Bible? Well, there are conspiracies in the Bible that happen. Yeah. Um, 
well, you know, think of Korra's rebellion. It wasn't, I guess it turned public pretty quick, but, uh, you know, things like that start. He, he had a bunch of people gathered around him by the time, you know, he started right. confronting Moses. So, so that's kind of like a conspiracy. Right. Or what about like when Yeshua died and some people wanted to, when he resurrected, wanted to make it look like the guards actually stole his body. And so or they that... they invented a story that's <laughs> yeah um, yeah to to make it look like he didn't actually rise from the dead right right uh, maybe maybe that's maybe. kind of a conspiracy maybe. oh oh no another one I was thinking though too that um I read somewhere was about Nero when the fires of Rome that he right. blamed it on Christians was the ones behind this bad thing yeah there there is a lot of conspiracies going on in Roman times and yeah. And um, the quote-unquote mainstream narrative, you know, the official uh, cause of the fire, eventually Nero blamed it on the Christians, right? Okay, yeah. And, of course, you can imagine people alive in those days thinking, you know, they, I, we all know that's not who did it, right? We right. all know it was Nero or, right. or whatever. Yeah. Maybe it was an accident. Yeah. Or, you know, there could have been all kinds of theories mm -hmm. going around. And, mm -hmm. and even today, we're... We, we struggle to try and reconstruct what did actually happen yeah. in some of these situations, right? Right. So conspiracies are not new mm -hmm. and conspiracy theories are, are certainly not new. Yeah. Um, what are some examples of conspiracy theories today? We're, we're going to try and not step on too many toes in this podcast, but let's just, let's just, you know, Get it out there and say, like, so what, what is a conspiracy theory? Like 9-11 was an inside job. Yeah. Or the JFK shooting was, well, there's a lot of conspiracy theories about the JFK shooting. Right. And flat earth. And... Yeah. Does that count as a conspiracy theory? <laughs> or what else would it be? Well. It's. Uh, a cover-up, I, I, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, lunar, it's similar to a conspiracy theory. The lunar landing was fake. Um, QAnon right now and that's a big thing deep going state on yeah yeah right so you know one of the problems with the term conspiracy theory is that it's usually derogatory mm -hmm. people yeah. usually don't say I believe in conspiracy theories maybe some people do but you know most of the time you know people are I believe in Facts. Well, yeah, I mean, it's 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 seen as derogatory. Like, if you say, I think this is what's actually happening, and someone's like, oh, no, that's just a conspiracy theory. And right. Like, yeah, and a derogatory way to say that. Yeah. Well, and, and that's where you get into debates about what constitutes a conspiracy theory and what doesn't. Yeah. And right? yeah, and sometimes that there is a thin line. Right. Right. So, mm -hmm. um one of the interesting things is the way that the term has become highly politicized yeah. in our day. Yeah. You know, and I was, and I think like a lot of times right now, because conspiracy, conspiracy theories are so rife on social media and there's so much backlash against it. Um, and it's interesting that a lot of times conspiracy theories are portrayed as being right wing. Mm. You know, a lot of the ones we hear about now. Do you think there are examples of left-wing conspiracy theories? Oh, totally. Like, right. uh, well, even a lot of the 9-11 conspiracies, when they were first coming out, this was coming from the left. Right. Right. Because right. yeah. you had a, a right-wing president Because in, Bush in power. was conservative. And, and 
And so, yeah, there's all these... So people who don't like Bush would have been the ones who would have more likely thought, you know, oh, that was really an inside job that happened. Right, exactly. You know, I I did a search on on common conspiracy theories, and and one that came up, I was surprised this was on the list, because I didn't think this was a conspiracy theory, was the idea that um, media is uh, discriminatory against conservative beliefs. Oh, that came up as a conspiracy theory that a lot of people hold to. That's... The idea that uh, that media and and um, mainstream like organizations and structures that's crazy. Are... They, and... they 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 openly admit that they're trying to control the narrative. Right. <laughs> yeah. So so you know in in some ways you can uh, you can relate to the idea that. You know, there are a lot of conservatives that feel that there is systemic discrimination against conservatives in some of the major yeah. organizations and corporations and media outlets so and social media organizations. There's systemic information portals, discrimination and like in the media. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so you know, take that to racial issues. Uh, you can see yeah. how you mm-hmm. know that sort of thinking could play out in racial terms as well as as believers we kind of do the same thing i mean a lot of people like to think that you know a little bit of a of a victim feeling that you know there's that they're misunderstood right and that there are certain powers and forces that are marginalizing them because of because of maybe because of your skin color maybe because of your beliefs or because of your political affiliation right Right. And, and and that victim mentality is a breeding ground for conspiracy theories, right? Yes. I, I mean, that's a, that's a big driving force for many conspiracy theories is the yeah. idea that we are a marginalized um, victim group mm-hmm. and there are people in power, there are people, um, mm-hmm. you know, who are wielding authority in ways that is discriminatory or um, disadvantageous yeah. to us, mm-hmm. right? So... Yeah. You know, um, on average, the majority of Americans believe in at least one conspiracy theory. Hmm. Uh, Actually, I saw a statistic that 60% of Americans believe in conspiracies associated with the assassination of JFK. Hmm. Um, Again, I'm sure it depends who you talk to. How do you define a conspiracy theory there, right? Yeah. That's funny because before doing this podcast, I didn't really know much about the JFK assassination. And so when I actually looked it up and read the story and like the mainstream narrative of what happened, it's like, okay, that does sound fishy. (laughs) Like that is a hard one to believe. So, but I don't know. I don't know much about that one. Yeah. So, you know, is there a cover up going on there? Well, I mean, you can see how things like that are going to be a breeding ground for all kinds of things. Yeah. Well, I think that's one of the things. It's anything that's mysterious or anything, you know, that's out of control it's going to be a breeding ground for conspiracy theories right exactly and statistically if you believe in one conspiracy theory you are more likely to believe in others oh i could see that yeah so yeah if you're inclined to question the mainstream narrative in one area Mm -hmm. then chances are you're more likely to question it in other areas yeah um and yeah that makes sense and uh like i said you know conspiracy theories have been around as long as humans and institutions of power have existed, right? Yeah. Um, and, and there's no evidence that conspiracy theories 
beliefs in conspiracy theories is any higher today than it has been at other times in human history. Uh, it's uh, it it seems to be like a big deal on social media these days, and everyone's talking about conspiracy theories and trying to debunk mm-hmm. them and all this stuff. But it's it's really no worse a problem now than yeah. it ever has been. Yeah, I guess one of the biggest differences though now is the role of technology yeah. has to play, right, in social media and conspiracy theories. Right, and and related to that is the sense that we are in a scientific age today where we can um, maybe we've placed overconfidence in our ability to find out what is true and know for sure Mm -hmm. and you know that leads to all kinds of different uh, theories coming up so yeah it's also important when we're talking about conspiracy theories to realize that you know, some people are into conspiracy theories hardcore, mm-hmm. uh, but other people only dabble in them for fun, yeah. right? So you can have, uh, we don't hold to all our beliefs with the same level of conviction. Mm-hmm. Where conviction is how strongly you will adhere to a belief in the face of uh, contrary evidence or opposing viewpoints, mm-hmm. right? So if I'm in a debate with someone about something and and I have a lot of conviction about what I'm debating about, I'm going to last longer in this debate and be more stubborn about it than if I don't have a lot of conviction, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I might be persuaded if I don't hold it too Mm -hmm. strongly. Um, So, yeah, not not just because you maybe are interested in, you know, people that are putting out conspiracy-type stuff, that doesn't mean that you're, like, hardcore into everything, right? Right, right. So... So, yeah, there's, you know, there's this general um, uh, sense of ideas out there about what is what is right and should we trust the mainstream narrative, should we not? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and a lot of uh, peripheral people that dabble into conspiracy stuff. But there is also, like, a, re- a there's a legitimate hardcore conspiracy theory culture mm-hmm. that's out there, right? Yeah. I mean, you think of people like Alex Jones yeah. or, uh, you know, some of these other groups that are, you know, um, they, there's kind of like a, almost a cult following yes. <laughs> around these sorts of figures, right? Yes. And uh, like I said, our goal in this podcast is not to make judgment calls about mm-hmm. any and every conspiracy theory out there. And, and I, we don't want to be making blanket statements or uh, dismissals or things like that. Uh, the the point is not to believe everything the mainstream media tells you, uh, but neither are we supposed to be gullible about non-mainstream sources. Mm-hmm. So, uh, before we move on, just another quick thought about how conspiracy theories have become a political weapon these mm-hmm. days, right? Um, and c- today, conspiracy theories are stereotyped as a conservative or a right-wing phenomenon, right? But right. but that's not really fair. Uh, both left and right-leaning uh, people can be prone to conspiracy theories of different sorts, right? Um, right. W- one of the things that sort of uh, galvanized that belief in the, you know, um, at least in the left, mm-hmm. right? Today, you know, it's uh, people with a left uh, political leaning that tend to blame people with a right political leaning as being conspiracy theorists. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that encouraged that was a number of studies were done by sociologists about conspiracy theories 
these sociologists were all left-leaning sociologists、mm. who came to the conclusion that conspiracy theories were more prominent among right-wing people.、Mm. But of course, there are a number of biases that play into that. Like、right. you tend to define. Consp- as a conspiracy theory, things that you disagree with,、mm-hmm. whereas things that are closer to home that you think, well, that might be true. You're like, well, that's not a conspiracy theory, so I'm not going to even put that into my、right. statistics when、right. I'm deciding how prevalent are conspiracy、yeah. theories. So, so there was a bit of bias that went on in there, and、yeah. um, and that led to this perception that we have today, and and that's it's actually not true.、Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you do a more Uh, unbiased assessment, you realize that、mm-hmm. uh, um, conspiracy theories are just as prevalent on, you know, every、yeah. side of the political. Yeah, it、spectrum. reminds me of one that's that's a recent one. You know, how many people think that Trump unfairly won the election in two thousand sixteen? Right. Yeah. Right. Like there's a there's a documentary on Netflix about that. That's kind of, you know, putting it like like fact pretty much that、right. there was some foul play involved there. So instead of calling it a conspiracy theory, we'll call it investigative journalism, and <laughs>、right. suddenly it flies, right? right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, and another thing、um, that some people have noticed is that the more extreme you are, ref- left or right,、mm-hmm. the more likely you are to buy into conspiracy theories. People are who are more centrist tend to、mm-hmm. um, well, not buy into them as much. So、mm-hmm. yeah, it is interesting. Yeah, and again, going back to this idea of of feeling like you're a marginalized,、uh, discriminated minority, you know,、mm-hmm. and and it and sometimes it's easy as believers to fall into that, right? Because、mm-hmm. we feel like we are a very small minority in a culture that's dominated by people who do not follow God, do、mm-hmm. not believe in the Bible,、mm-hmm. do not believe in Yeshua. And and we're really fighting upstream here, right?、Mm-hmm. And so there's there's a, a a war of faith. There's a cultural war, and there's all these、um, people with godless values that are pushing their agenda so hard in our society and so hard in the media and in places of prominence that、mm-hmm. it can start to feel like,、um, yeah, we are we are that persecuted minority. And it's and it's easy in that state uh, to uh, fall into you know I- ideas of conspiracy th- conspiracies whether whether they're true or not right、mm-hmm. uh, you know related to this is the way that ideas of science、uh, and and its opposite bunk are、right. used as pol-、uh, political weapon.、Mm-hmm. Right, so the left comes at the right by saying you know you guys don't believe in science, right,、mm-hmm. and and. Um, you know, conspiracy theories are opposed to science、mm-hmm. and, and things like that. But, but really, I mean, I think of the, you know, the new Bill Nye, the science guy show that he did for a while there,、um, trying to save the world.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, really, he's not trying to save the world, but conquer and destroy the right. I, I don't、mm-hmm. know. If that's a fair way of putting it.、Uh, you know. And it's crazy how shows that you would think would be about science are just another political agenda.、Mm-hmm. Everything's、right. become so politicized、yeah. these days, and you know the right, the left tries to paint the right as being anti-science.、Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk a bit about epistemology. <laughs> Is that a fun topic? Sure. <laughs> nice.、Uh, 
coffee time conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is epistemology? It's like, how, how do you know what you know, right? Okay. So, yeah. you know, in philosophical discussions, we talk about you know, major epistemologies right. like rationalism or empiricism. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we, we have, as believers, this hits close to home because we are fighting for the truth in a sense mm-hmm. we we are we are al- aligning ourselves with god's truth mm-hmm. and there is a lot of error and falsehood out there mm-hmm. in the world right mm-hmm. and and so especially when you come to matters of um differing narratives yeah. you know mainstream viewpoints versus non-mainstream viewpoints right how do you juggle all this and and really like who do you trust right because because right. some conspiracy theories turn out to be true mm-hmm. right it right. happens every now and then that suddenly you know the mainstream are like actually that was right yeah. and you know it becomes part of our mainstream narrative now what used to be a conspiracy theory and so yeah. you know the point is not we can't blindly accept one or the other so you know a couple things uh, when whenever i hear uh a cons- of a conspiracy or some some weird um theory or or whatever it may be uh there's a number of things i like to ask like first of all what is what is the incentive yeah right so what's the purpose of this yeah what what would be the incentive uh behind for example um convincing everyone on earth that the earth is a globe when it's actually flat (laughs) right um you know and is that incentive strong enough to warrant the conspiracy yeah i'm going to suggest for most true conspiracies the incentive is money Mm -hmm. and lots of it Mm -hmm. you know sometimes it might be power Mm -hmm. it might be um you know um sin Mm -hmm. in other areas but uh, yeah, I think a, a lot of the time it's money because money is the root of all kinds of evil, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that's one thing. What's the incentive? Right. Is there enough incentive to warrant this conspiracy? Mm-hmm. Another one is how many people would have to be in the know, right? right? How many people are in cahoots in order to make this conspiracy fly? Because the more people that know about something, the harder it is to keep it a secret. Yes. And so when you start to posit that the majority of the Earth's population is in on the conspiracy, and somehow they're keeping it a secret from those who aren't in on it, it it starts to uh, unravel, in my opinion. Right. Um, So, yeah, those are two. Another one is, uh, you know, just the logistics behind it, right? Yeah. So, you know, one of the things that I think uh, uh, affects us as believers especially is uh, we have this value that we are all supposed to study and know God's word for ourselves, and mm-hmm. study and come to the truth for ourselves. right? Mm-hmm. We, we believe we're not supposed to just rely on what a spiritual leader or political leader or whatever mm-hmm. it may be, what, what this authority figure says. Mm-hmm. We have an unmediated relationship with Yeshua directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't go through a, a priest or a, uh, um, a pastor or something mm-hmm. like that, right? right. We, we can know Yeshua himself. And 
this is related to our modern consumer information boom culture where we're supposed to know for ourselves. You know, you're supposed to study something out yourself, right? Like, um, you know, you want to uh, post something on social media and you want to fact check it. Well, you, what do you do? If you do a Google search, right? Because, mm-hmm. of course, um, Google knows what it's, what it's talking about. Right. And, uh, you know, so you do... Uh, and, um, yeah, everyone has to know for themselves what mm-hmm. they believe. And everyone has to study everything But how much themselves. can we really become experts in all these different fields? Exactly. Yeah. That's, and that's one of the things. I mean, it sounds good in theory that we're mm-hmm. all supposed to study for ourselves to know what we want, know what we think we know. Mm-hmm. But if you take that too far, it doesn't, it doesn't always work because most of us don't have the time, the money, or even the capacity to become an expert in any theory or viewpoint we come across. Right. Right. I mean, Let's take a non-controversial one like vaccines. <laughs> uh, you know, how many people have the the time, the money, the expertise, and even the uh, capacity, the intellectual capacity right. to become an expert in that issue alone? Yeah. Right? And, uh, and that's just one issue, right? right? We're constantly being bombarded by different mm-hmm. issues and being um, forced to take sides mm-hmm. on all these various issues. As long as I'm not an expert in a given field, I'm forced to rely on the research of others. Mm-hmm. And, and even if I am an expert, I'm, all, all, I'm still relying heavily on the research of others. Right. Um, you know, a, a news story comes across your news feed. Uh, how do you know if it's true or not? You know, we, uh, we right. usually... There's, there's a lot of things that you, you, you can't really know if it's true or not. Yeah. Yeah. We, we some, some of us just trust the news source if it's a credible news source others of us are skeptical and look for an alternative source to see what they say on it Mm -hmm. Uh, but but how do you evaluate this stuff right like Mm -hmm. you know you we can't go and look at the crime scene ourselves and interview people and and do all that um primary research right right ourselves so most of us are not experts in everything in anything i should say and we rely on what others say every day in order to survive and by the way, reading a blog post or an online article is not doing primary research. No, no, exactly. <laughs> doing a yeah. Google search is not is not really doing research. Yeah, and speaking to that, um, I came across this quote. It's from a guy named Joseph Ustinsky, and he wrote a book called Conspiracy Theories, a primer. And I thought it was interesting. He says that, so he claims that conspiracy theories are non-falsifiable. And he wrote, for the conspiracy theorists, the fact that we don't have good evidence of a conspiracy only shows that conspirators are good at covering their tracks. Mm. But because of their non-falsibility, conspiracy theories should not be thought of as true or false, but rather as more or less likely to be true. Mm. Right? Because, you know, whenever you try to argue about it, like it's, it's hard to prove either way. It's hard to prove it's true. It's hard to prove it's false. So you have to look at it and be like, is this likely to be true or is it likely to be not true? Right. Right. And there's some that are very likely to be not true. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's some that are likely to be true. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Here's a, here's an example I I thought of, you know, Mm -hmm. I, 
I personally have never been electrocuted. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> um, and but I rely on others who tell me that it hurts and it's not good for you. Right. So that's why I don't go around sticking uh, metal things in in power outlets. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I was of a certain conspiratorial bent, I might come to the conclusion that what if everyone's holding out on me? Mm-hmm. Right. What if this is all a conspiracy and actually getting electrocuted is actually very pleasurable and good for your health? <laughs> and, you know, mm-hmm. I might I might ponder that for a while. And and uh, thankfully, in, in this case, it'd be very easy to prove or disprove my theory. Yeah. Right. I could go grab a, a, a knife and stick it in an electrical socket and find out very quickly yeah. that it hurts and it's not good for me. Yeah. Um, with most theories, we don't know, and and we we take shelter in the fact that we can never know for sure. Yes, it's unfalsifiable, right? Mm-hmm. It's something that we can we can never prove or disprove, and and that becomes uh, that becomes our basis for for our theory in a sense. I want to uh, I want to spend the rest of our time here uh, talking about. The psychology behind conspiracy theories. Why Why is it that we are drawn to them? Why are some people drawn to them more than other people? Um, and, and what's kind of the motivating factor behind that? So I think uh, I came up with five major reasons uh, that for, for, you know, the, the psychology of a conspiracy theory. The first one is that as humans, we have this felt need for meaning. Yeah. We want we want things to make sense, right? A, a tragic event happens yeah. that seems to be like utterly random and pointless. Yeah, and that makes me think of and, the example of the Sandy Hook shooting. Right. Right, where some people uh, felt like, you know, it was hard to accept that all these children were innocently killed by a senseless act of violence. Right. And so... People started to think that, well, maybe it didn't really happen, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and especially, you know, with that one, there's uh, we we react based on the how it affects us personally, yeah. right? So, for a lot of people in uh, the United States, the way they felt that personally was, uh, were, you know, stricter gun control, right? right. And so they see this event in the news that they can't mm-hmm. prove or disprove personally right. and they perceive the effects it has on them of stricter gun control and they react by saying that must have happened to cause this mm-hmm. right so you you establish a cause and effect relationship between something that happens and um, yeah. fe- an effect you see yeah. on yourself right right and um you know, and that led some people to say, "Well, that shooting never really happened, right? right. It, it, it was all a cover, it was all a staged thing, or yeah. it was a, a a fake news event that mm-hmm. that didn't actually happen, and it was just to try and uh, push this political agenda." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, you know, you think back to like uh, ancient times where most of society were polytheists. Mm-hmm. And they believed in the gods as being behind forces of nature, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, 
flood happens and destroys your house well you know you you're able to blame this particular god for causing that destruction on you and there are certain things that maybe you can or can't do like you can try and appease that god through various means uh, but you have a way of attaching meaning to this seemingly yeah. random tragic event mm -hmm. today <laughs> We don't have that. Today mm -hmm. we have conspiracy theories right. to fill that void right. to a certain extent. So, yeah. so yeah, I mean, look at the deaths of famous figures. And, you know, almost any time there's a death of a famous yeah. figure, there's going to be conspiracy theories around Yeah, that's it. true. Like from like, like JFK. Elvis. Um, Princess Diana. Um, and down to um, that guy that was killed in that jail that, the one that. Oh, Epstein. Epstein, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so so we want to believe there's a reason behind everything and that there's a meaning behind apparently meaningless tragedies. And we're, as humans, it's psychologically more satisfying to attribute uh, evil, malevolent plan to a seemingly meaningless event than to say it was just random. Right. We, yeah. we would rather say there's this diabolical power that caused it mm -hmm. than to say it just it just happened. Right. It, it's somehow yeah. more satisfying. Well, like even like with the COVID, with the virus, right? With coronavirus, it's right. like did this virus like randomly happen or was there some kind of evil malevolent plan behind it? Right. Yeah. In some ways, it's it's about um finding someone to blame right you know especially yeah. for things that you that you feel personally yeah right i mean all these covid measures have affected all of us in profound ways yeah. our lives have been affected and and we feel that and and yeah. in some cases there's there's pain and, and uh, mm -hmm. uh discomfort mm -hmm. with that right and, and so it we like to try and find someone to blame yeah um and Somehow it's psychologically satisfying to make that into a big evil power. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's the first one. Now the second one, the second factor is the need for uniqueness. Some people, their personality is more oriented around needing to be unique. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, like I see that when that guy... Um, when George Floyd was killed by the police officer in minnesota so when that was really like still really fresh in the news i thought i wonder how soon there's going to be a conspiracy theory that this was somehow staged you know or like that there's like this conspiracy about this happening for a purpose reason right right and i didn't have to wait long to see that right yeah and, and people that have this this trait of wanting to be unique yeah uh, tend to be more attractive yeah well right away there was like That's... like with within a short time it was like oh no this is what really happened with the george floyd killing right, right? it's right. like no i have the unique perspective that you, you guys haven't heard yet yeah yeah and that's one thing that makes us as believers i think sometimes targets for mm -hmm. conspiracy theories because we're if you believe the bible's true already mm -hmm. that puts you at odds with most of society mm -hmm. right add to that other variables like say a conservative political stance mm -hmm. belief in creation yeah belief in young earth creation right. there's yeah. a difference yeah. there um you there know is. for us in the messianic movement mm -hmm. add to that torah yeah 
yeah. homeschooling, mm. alternative mm. health, you know, you keep piling these things on and right. in already you're so at odds with the mainstream and some yeah. people get a thrill out of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You get, you get that thrill that, you know, you know something nobody else knows and you're the first. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, getting a thrill out of being off center I think um, is not always healthy. Right, nope. <laughs> um, uh, we're, and this is where as believers, we need to be careful to find our identity in Yeshua mm-hmm. rather than in being off-center. Yes, yeah. Yeshua may make us off-center in certain areas, but that, that alone is not the goal. The goal mm-hmm. is to follow him and the goal is to be like him, right? Exactly. And finding our identity in that. But but it leads to a third factor, and that is this the thrill of mind-bending alternatives. Mm-hmm the matrix effect Mm -hmm. right yeah what if i told you that everything you thought you knew to be true is false right i probably didn't get that quote right but um yeah you get the idea so there's this thrill that comes with possessing special knowledge that is unknown or overlooked by the masses you know this elitist sense a feeling of superiority and heightened discernment yeah And, and you know sometimes like i said people aren't even 100% serious about a particular conspiracy theory. But take Flat Earth, for example. Uh, You know, some people dabble into it just because it's kind of cool to be able to come up with a completely different way of viewing the world and cosmology and physics Mm -hmm. um, and and feel like you can somehow be a a, a smart person through that, right? Right. You you get a thrill out of that, Mm -hmm. kind of this mind-bending alternative. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's an, an attraction for a lot of people. Yeah, there is. And you see that with a lot of, of, of bunk, with anything, with scholarship, whether it's about um, like uh, having brand new interpretations of things in the Bible that are totally different than the way they've ever been viewed before by anyone with scholarship, you know? Right. And... And, and that can be that can be a slippery slope in yeah. the messianic movement because a lot of us came into this movement uh, and experienced a radical change in our lives. But you can get addicted to that kind of blow your yeah, socks sen- off, sensationalism, table, you know, right? table turning, it's, overthrowing you, doctrinal presuppositions. You kind of get an addiction to sensationalism, really. Yeah, just you yeah. know the the wow effect. Right. Over and over. Right. And and so, again, you know, if, if our identity is not firmly grounded in Yeshua, it's easy to allow that to sweep you yeah. right off the deep end. Yeah. And it, it becomes such a distraction. Yeah. That's right. So that's the third one. A fourth uh, factor is the, th- and this is related, but mm-hmm. just uh, this, this thrill of being in the inner circle. Right of having this special knowledge that other people don't have, right? Mm-hmm. I, I'm not a sheeple. Right. Uh, I, I'm, uh, you know, I've had the blinders taken off and and I'm, it's kind of like a, a neo-gnosticism almost, right? Yes, yes. This yeah. idea that I've got this special knowledge that other people don't have and mm-hmm. that sets me in this elite status. Um, and then the fifth one that I wanted to bring up is this, the need to fill in the unknown, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, at times, you know, things happen in history, but the details are fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And 
the human imagination <laughs> has an amazing capacity for trying to connect the dots, right? Mm -hmm. and, and immediately we, we jump to that, right? Mm -hmm. World War II ends and Hitler's body isn't found. Mm -hmm. So that leads a lot of people to believe that he stayed alive and was alive for a long time. And, um, you know, someone saw him at the grocery store the other day, I think. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it starts to get, uh, yeah. you know, um, things like this can balloon. Right. Um, people tend to fear what they don't know. Right. Right. And so that's why I think organizations like NASA uh, or the CERN Institute, um, you know, places dealing with high level astrophysics or, or things like that. Uh, these are common culprits in, in conspiracy theories yeah. because they deal at a level of scientific research that your average person yeah. cannot comprehend. Or, or anything that isn't like public knowledge, right? Yeah. Like secret service information. Right. CIA. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Anything like that. Uh, you know, if you can't understand something or if it's out of your reach, it's for some people, you vilify it. Yeah. Right. And that's that's the response. And, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, this, the trends in medieval societies, right? Where if a, a, someone was well learned and a scientist, sometimes they'd be accused of sorcery. Yes. The exact same thing happens today. There's a lot of people that accuse these high-level uh, sciences of dabbling into the occult. Right. And so, um, you know, the funny thing about secret societies is that everyone seems to know about them. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, so, so these are the things that I think are um, some of the major factors, right? So the need for meaning the need for uniqueness, the thrill of mind-bending alternatives and special knowledge, and the need to, to fill in the unknown. Um, I want to just, um, as we wrap up here, uh, I think uh, for a lot of people, and conspiracy theories boil down to ultimately a mistrust of authority. Yes, yeah. Right. So it's, right. it starts by doubting and rejecting the mainstream mm -hmm. perspective in favor yeah. of a, a secret malevolent cause that's been covered up. Mm -hmm. And I, I know I, I remember hearing the other day that uh, people were putting pressure uh, on the government to start um, trying to combat conspiracy theories more. And yes. I thought that that's that's not going to work. Yeah. Right. You know, it's... having the government tell you, no, that's wrong. That's a conspiracy. <laughs> that's just going to feed it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, sadly, in some of these cases, there's not much you can do about that. But um, yeah. but I wanted to uh, end by reading these two uh, these verses from but, Isaiah. But you know what? I also I also wanted to say, too, that like on the one hand, you have conspiracy theory that doubts every all the mainstream that doubts the, the the narrative of why things happened and doubts acceptable science. But then on the other hand, you can have the other extreme, which is where you don't think critically, you don't ask questions, you bl you just accept blind blindly everything you're being told, right? By the mainstream media and, you know, um, by science, you know, evolution, the Bible's not true because, you know, that's that's all proven and Right. So like on the other hand, you have the other extreme where you just blindly accept what the media and secular scientists tell you. Yeah. So, right. So 
surely there must be a middle. Right. Yeah. Is there a way that we can be firmly grounded in our identity in Yeshua? Right. And in trusting in his word mm-hmm. um, without being swept away by either the mainstream narrative right. that opposes that or alternative right. narrative. And, and because, frankly, um, there are powers at B that do have malevolent um, intentions. intentions. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's good. I I just want to conclude with these verses from Isaiah chapter 8, verses 11 to 13. For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of the people, saying, Do not call conspiracy all that this people calls conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, I don't think that he's necessarily talking about conspiracy theories in the sense we think of them today, but still just this idea that these are the kinds of things that the people out there are into. Mm -hmm. Coming up with uh, ideas that promote fear and calling upon us to be afraid of these things. Yeah. And and that's that's ultimately what some of these things are, an invitation to fear something other than God. Mhm. And and so we have to get back to the fear of the Lord and having him as our uh our source of confidence and trust. That yes. doesn't mean that we go around gullible believing whatever mm-hmm. someone says, but it means we trust in him. That's right. Amen. So with that, we're going to wrap up our conversation for this time. The Segula Discussion Podcast is brought to you by Segula.net. Our goal is to cast a vision for a healthy and mature Messianic Torah movement and deal with issues that affect our everyday lives as disciples of Yeshua. If you have suggestions for topics that we should discuss on this show, send us an email at feedback at segula.net. Whether you are Messianic, Christian, Torah observant, or whatever lingo you prefer, we hope this conversation has been a blessing to you, and together may we all become a glorious people in Messiah.